We have the privilege now of kind of continuing our study that we began really last Sunday morning. And so if you've been with us throughout the week, we began with the king's arrival. We then went to the king's trial. We've been to the king's sacrifice. We had the king's miracle when we got here this morning at 6. For those of you that joined us, it was amazing. And now we come to the king's glory. And the reason that I love this particular part of the Easter story, Resurrection Day story, is because this is the part that's still continuing. The story didn't end at the empty tomb. The story continues today, and in a small way, through every single believer that's on the face of the earth, the glory of the Lord has an opportunity to shine. And that glory shines through each one of you who knows the Lord and speaks his name, uses your witness to bring other people to faith in Christ. In that sense, the king's glory is still with us. And so as we draw our attention now to the word, if you take out your Bibles, Acts chapter 1, Acts 1, the first 11 verses, would you do me the honor and please stand while we read the word of the Lord together. Remember, the book of Acts is really the ongoing story of the church empowered by the Holy Spirit. It was authored by Dr. Luke. It's really his second gospel. And so the book of Luke, as we know it, obviously written by him, here his ongoing work as he explains the life of the early church. And here it is in chapter 1, verse 1 of the book of Acts. The former account that I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus both began to do and to teach. And so his first book was about what Jesus did and taught. Until the day that he was taken up. The gospel of Luke ends with the ascension of Jesus. And it is there that the story is picked up now in the book of Acts. And after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. You see, Jesus was killed on Friday. He was raised on Sunday, and he stuck around for 40 days to make sure everybody got the message that Jesus is alive. And to prove it, he met with people all over the region of Galilee. Individuals, groups of people. And notice what it goes on to say. Being seen by them for 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Of course, speaking of Pentecost. And therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? 
And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has put under his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel who said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Father, we thank you for the truth of the glory of the coming King. Lord, you came the first time to bring with you grace, salvation, Lord, to all who would believe, and you're coming the second time to finally crush the enemy, to destroy his kingdom, and to establish the fullness of your own. And we pray now, God, as we spend uh, this next half hour or so, feasting on your word. God, would you be present in this place and begin right now, Holy Spirit, by your power of conviction of truth to speak to those who do not yet know you. Would there not be a single person that would leave this place without the knowledge of our Savior Jesus and him being their Lord? We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Would you take your seats? The story of the glory of the risen Christ is our story. It's the church's story. And so here in the book of Acts, notice what Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, records as our commission. That we are to go into all of the world that we are to be his witnesses. We're to speak forth the glory of the Lord. You see, because when you really look around this room, when you take the thousands of us that have come through the facility today, that have sat down and we've worshipped together and praised together and prayed together, when you take all of our lives cumulatively and you put them together, you have thousands of stories of the glorious things that the Lord has done. Amen? Because in this room are former drunkards and former thieves and former gossips and maybe a murderer or two, who knows? But you see, one of the most wonderful things you can say to a group of Christians is you guys are a bunch of has-beens. Because it's true. We're no longer good at sinning. Our lives have been transformed by the good news of the gospel of grace. We're washed up has-beens at sinning because of the grace of God. And it is those changed lives, your changed life and my changed life, that bear witness that my Jesus our Jesus is very much alive. 
So much so that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live for him. When I get asked the reason for Christians still being here, there's actually a simple reason. It's the glory of the Lord. It's to bring God glory. It's to show other people God's grace. It's to take what we received through the resurrection, through the power that now works in us. It is to take that power and translate it to other people. And so Jesus does exactly what you would expect him to do. He wanted to leave no doubt that he was alive. Zero doubt in the minds of anyone that he was alive. And so he appears to one group of 500. He he appears indoors. He appears outdoors. He shows up in opportune times and inopportune times. Maybe you're a Thomas. Maybe you're one of those people that you need to touch it. You, You need to have Jesus touch you. Jesus will touch you if that's what you need. Maybe you're one of those people who just struggles with faith, and I think many people do. And often I'll have, especially young people will come and say, well, I just, you know, I, I've been going to college, and I learned this, and, you know, I just can't believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. And I will very often look at them, and I say, so do you believe in God? Well, no, I think, I, you know, I believe in Evolution, you believe in cosmic evolution, you believe the universe just happened by chance. No, you say, well, I believe in the Big Bang. So let me clarify for you what it is you're telling me you believe. Because you say you don't have enough belief, enough faith, to believe that Jesus Christ, God's own Son, the creator of heaven and earth, was raised from the dead. But you do have enough faith to believe that at some point in time, around 13.7 billion years ago, the entire universe was condensed down into a ball of mass less than the size of a basketball, and that that ball of matter, because according to Newtonian physics, no matter can be created or destroyed, and all the energy that exists in all of the universe was also contained within that, and it exploded... And it created every single one of the nearly 10 trillion galaxies that exist in our universe. All of their planets, all of their stars, and every bit of order that keeps them spinning. Well, yeah. And I will usually say something like, I don't have that much faith. I believe that Jesus Christ, the creator of heaven and earth, died for me personally. And while I cannot explain everything else, I can tell you this. He appeared to thousands of people to prove that he was alive. And in doing so, he left testimony that was recorded by non-Christian authors, historians like Josephus, Eusebius, 
These men that were very articulate, that wrote down the events of the day, cataloged so much so that the volumes of evidence about Jesus are greater than any other single person in antiquity. You'll say, well, you know, what about Napoleon? Or We have way less information about Napoleon than we do about Jesus. And yet none of you in here disbelieve that Napoleon Bonaparte fought the Battle of Waterloo. You see, you're here as a believer to bear witness to the truth that Jesus Christ is alive. Don't back off of that. Because Jesus appeared to smart people and guys like Peter. I can relate to Peter at times. Anybody else in here have, we had the brotherhood of impulsiveness? Anybody else in here have faith that seemingly can move mountains one day and can't move a lint ball the next? Anybody else in here struggle at times with trying to figure out whether you should beat somebody for Jesus or be nice to them? Sometimes people come to me with some stuff, you know, you just need a good whooping. I know it's not biblical, but I think it's going to work. That's my Jesus. He loves on guys like Peter, and he loved on someone like John, and he loved on Jeff. And so when someone says, well, you know, we don't have any proof, Oh, I can give you proof. Because you're staring at the face of a man who had a loaded 357 pressed up against his temple ready to take his own life. And that Jesus you don't believe in spoke to him and said, Jeff, I have a plan for your life. If you'll give me your life, I will use you. I know Jesus is real. So if someone wants to mock me because I heard the voice of God, go for it. I'm here because of that voice. So he wants to say, well, I don't believe God, you know, even worries about things here on earth. Yes, he does. Yeah, he worries about the cry of a father on a hospital floor, begging God to spare the life of his son that he never thought he would have. And when that doctor, that neurosurgeon, world-renowned neurosurgeon, walks into the hallway and says, Mr. Gill, I don't believe your son's going to live. But if he does, he surely will have brain damage. Well, that brain damaged one got a scholarship for engineering to Cal Baptist University. And the reason I tell you that is that's not braggadocious. That's the glory of the Lord. That's what Jesus does. He answers prayer. He hears the cry of his children. He's alive. And I'm here to bear witness that Jesus is very much alive. So in this scene that's before us, you know, sometimes we we think about the resurrection of the Lord As we ponder the things of God, we often wonder ourselves, you know, is this 
Is this for me? Oh, yes, it's very much for you. If you need to touch him, he'll let you touch him. If you need a good talking to, he'll give you a good talking to. If you need to be talked down from some life event, he's ready, willing, and able to do those things. Maybe you're a doubter. He's, he's willing to speak into your life so that those doubts can be quelled. And I'm telling you that there are some here in this room today that have doubts about Jesus. We who believe in the Lord are praying for you right now that those doubts would be erased today. Because there is no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved. There's not another road. There's one. That's the glory of Easter. That's the power of the resurrection. That's the convincing that occurs through what Christ did. That, that risen king, the glory. He, he's, he's the conquering king. Jesus defeated death. My mortal em- enemy is one day... Now, for those of you that are a little older than some of the rest of you in here, will not name names or point fingers. But when you're in your 20s, you think you're going to live forever. Matter of fact, if you're a male, you believe you're actually immortal. Because you do dumb things that kill people every day and you survive them somehow. But then you get a little older. If you're like me, I got up a little bit early today to make it to sunrise. And I'm thinking, you know, my body parts don't even operate this early anymore. <laughs> I got dressed and came downstairs and we have a I wanted to leave the lights off, didn't want to wake anyone else up in the house, so I get to the second landing on our stairs and it was there that I encountered my 85 pound chocolate Labrador laying in the dark and I thought dear Jesus I'm going to see you now (laughs) here's the truth we're all going to die someday or he's going to take us home to heaven but every last person in this room whether you believe in Jesus or not one day you are going to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The only question is, will you start confessing him now or will you only do it when you're forced to later? You see, the good news is that physical death is not the end of my life because I still have eternal life and that is permanent. Amen? So one day I'm going to step out of time and into eternity to be with Jesus. Every person in this room is one day going to step out of time. The only question is, where are you going to spend it? Is it going to be with Jesus? Or are you going to hear, depart, for I have never known you? You see, the glory of Easter, the glory of the King, the glory of what Jesus did when he was here the first time, was to enable you to have eternal life so you don't need to worry about that date with death. I can face it. I'm not looking forward to a long battle with cancer, but should that be my lot? Should the Lord have drawn that 
picture for me, and that's part of my life. I know what happens when I take my last breath here. I'm going to open my eyes and I'm going to see Jesus. And then here's the glorious thing. Our king's coming again. But he's not coming back to bring with him additional grace. He's coming back to put his foot on the neck of the enemy. Amen? That's glorious. I look forward to that day. I've made way too many hospital visits, buried too many people, cried with too many people. I'm tired of the reign of sin in this world. Can't wait. Can't wait. That's the glory of Easter. That's the glory of the King. There is an end to it. These earthly travails are for a time. Your life is indeed just a vapor. And so you can either be looking forward to eternity with the king, being where he is, or you can take your chances that you know better. You see, Lord Jesus right now is in heaven. I get often asked, especially by little children, well, where's Jesus? He's in heaven. He's praying for you right now. He's praying for every last person in this room right now. And I realize I'm a full-time job by myself. So when Jesus is praying, he's got more than enough to keep him busy. He's just praying for me. But he is so glorious that he has enough to pray for you as well. All of us cumulatively together all day, every day. In other words, you are the number one thing on his to-do list. I know your math doesn't work out. There can't be nearly seven billion number ones, but there are. Because Christ died for every last living, breathing human being. The only question is, will you believe on him and be saved? But the price he paid was enough for all. And so Jesus is busy praying and lifting us up, interceding before the throne of grace. And the thing that I love about it is so Satan comes and goes and he asks, you know, hey, can I mess with Jeff a little bit? Jesus is sitting there going, "Uh uh-uh, he's mine. You can't do anything to him that I don't allow you to do. So if I say no, the answer is no. Because Satan's a defeated foe. And one day, Jesus is going to finish off what will be done eventually which is to lock him up and throw away the key. But for us today, for you today, for me today, the question is, have you received that triumphal life for your living here? Have you taken the glory of God to yourself personally? Have you believed on the only begotten Son of God And has his glory flooded your life so that that glory can shine out of your life? That's the Easter question. That's the question each of us must ask ourselves. Do you know him? I love the question of Philip. So straightforward. Who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? 
That's still the question. Who do you say Jesus is? I can tell you who he is for me. He's my king. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's Creator God. He is the Lord of hosts. He's I am. He's all those things and more. And I believe that. But I can't make you believe that. I wish I could. I wish I had a believer button right here. If I saw somebody who didn't believe, it's like, bing. Gotcha. But I don't. Because all have sinned, all need to make a choice. That sacrifice that Christ made when he was murdered for us is only sufficient if you will receive the gift of grace. It's only applied if you know him. Otherwise, your debt remains. It goes unpaid. I'm going to ask Shane and Shane to come back out. And while they're on their way out, I want to just give you a few things in closing. You see, the reason that Jesus showed up to all these different people in all these different places and spoke the reason that you're still here and I'm still here and the church exists, the reason that we have Bibles, the reason that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to them who believe, the reason for all those things is so that the Holy Spirit can use you and use me and use all of these infallible proofs to convince people that they need to know Jesus. That's the reason. Now you see, while you're sitting here in your seats, while you're thinking about this, probably a vast majority of you have made that profession of faith. You've been convinced. But maybe some of you here today have not been convinced. One day you will be convinced. And I pray that's today. I pray that the story of what God has done in all of our lives, the story of what was done in Scripture, the the story of the king, the tale of the king, the king Jesus that commands the wind and the waves, the Jesus that speaks into the storms of your life, the Jesus that's the author of the gospel, the good news, the Jesus that today wants to say to you, today can be your day of salvation. The Jesus that has loved you before the foundation of the world was even laid. The Jesus that created you in Christ Jesus for good works so that you should walk in them. That same Jesus has conquered everything that needs to be conquered to save you. Are you convinced? You see, I I can't do that. He's taken command. He will one day take control of his kingdom. He's going to come and rule and reign. 
The question is, are you coming with him or is he coming to defeat you? There's two groups. There's saints and there's ain'ts. There's those in and those that are out. There are those who love the Lord and those who don't. Are you convinced? Would you stand with me? If you're here right now and you know the Lord personally, you've invited Christ into your life, you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to begin to pray right now for anyone and everyone who's in this room who does not know the Lord Jesus. We've seen many, many people come to faith in Christ today. And I want to ask you today because... It's an important question. And I can't tell you when you're going home. But I know this. Scripture says tomorrow's promise to no one. And so I want to offer you an opportunity to give your life to Christ right now. Because he loves you. And he wants his glory to shine through you as well. Would you bow your heads right now and begin to pray? If that's you, you came in today, you said, I, I, okay, I'll try this church thing. But you've never had a personal relationship with Jesus, and you want one. I'm just going to ask you right now, just slip your hand up right where you're at, and we're going to pray together for you to receive Christ. Anyone at all, anywhere in the sanctuary, the Holy Spirit's drawing. I see that hand. I see this hand over to my left. Anyone else? Just slip your hand up. God loves you. Jesus did not die on the cross so that he could just simply be the only person who was ever raised. He wants you to be with him permanently, eternally in paradise. Anyone at all, you want to know Jesus today, just slip your hand up. See that hand in the back? See this other hand in the middle? I'll give you another minute. It's not to rush you. I see this hand over here to my left as well. I see this other hand to my left. Praise God. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. There is nothing that compares to squaring away your eternal destiny. So just simply slip your hand up. I want to pray with you right where you're at. Anyone at all? So grateful for the work of the Holy Spirit right now, drawing men under salvation, repentance, admitting that you're wrong. Anyone see that hand too? Praise God. For those of you that raised your hands, you can put your hands down. And this is the part that's your part. The Holy Spirit's been drawing and calling, but you need to pray this prayer from your heart. I can only help you with the words. It's got to come from you to God. It's got to come to Jesus' ears. If you just pray out loud with me these words. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Confess my sin. I repent from my sin. I know you're a holy God. I'm acknowledging right now I can't save myself. I'm asking you to save me. Thank you for paying the penalty for my sins on the cross. Thank you for forgiving my sin. And as you gave your life for me, 
I'm giving my life to you. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Help me to walk in your ways all the days of my life. Thank you for the new life I now have in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.